Hey, today's podcast, really great. We go up north of the border to Canada to talk to Ezra Levant, who has a disturbing story about the the U.S. Navy having some research group at the University of Arkansas look for Canadian extremists. Why? I mean, shouldn't you concentrate on China? And they found rebelnews.com and the lies that were said in this report who's paying for this us why are they looking into media in canada we'd like some answers that's on today's program also ted cruz drops by he's on his way to the border we talked to him about that uh it's some disturbing stuff with hr1 which is the the new uh voting bill uh and also gun control all that and so much more on today's podcast and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast rate and review if you don't mind taking a moment it helps us get up the charts as well as going over to stew does america that is available every day as well subscribe to that podcast and you can subscribe to blaze tv.com slash glenn the promo code is control right now why 20 percent off yeah 20 bucks off your subscription right now to blaze tv go to blaze tv.com slash glenn promo code is control here's the podcast The best of the Glenn Beck program. We have Senator Ted Cruz on with us now. He's uh, we have several topics we want to hit, I, but I have to start with this. A uh, reporter asked him yesterday, could you please wear a mask? And here's what he said. Yeah, when I'm talking to the TV camera, I'm not going to wear a mask and all of us have been immunized. So uh, you're welcome to step away if you like. <laughs> the, whole, the whole point of a vaccine, CDC guidance is what we're following. Yeah, good for you. Ted Cruz, welcome to the program. How are you, Ted? Glenn, good morning. Good to be with you. Thank you. I want to talk to you about the border. We now have uh, confirmation uh, that it's not only the uh, Dallas Convention Center, but they are now storing people in Pecos, Texas, Midland, Carrizo Springs, two Texas military bases, plus 1,400 are going to be housed now at the San Diego Convention Center. Uh, what's happening, Ted? It is an absolute crisis at the border, and it's getting worse and worse every day. They have. And, and, Go ahead. It's the direct result of political decisions made by Joe Biden and his administration. They caused this crisis and their political decisions continue to make it worse. Do you think I mean, honestly, I was talking to a farmer the other day and uh, when he saw what the president and his administration did with the farm relief bill and said, hey, we're going to give it to black farmers and minority farmers and not necessarily white, he said, Glenn, I just there's no other way for me to view that other than intentional divisiveness. He said there's just, just, just nothing more divisive than that, especially for a community of farmers where everybody is helping each other. Everybody's on the same size doesn't decide. It doesn't matter what color you are. The same thing here. Is there is this just sheer incompetence or is was did they know this was going to happen and they did it anyway? It's something worse than that, which is it's rabid partisanship that blinds them to everything else. 
this administration is driven by the hard left. The agenda is set by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and AOC, and their view on the border is they support open borders. They view ICE. You know, Kamala Harris said said uh, ICE law enforcement are the equivalent of KKK or stormtroopers. Mm. That, that, that's their view. And so Joe Biden got elected president. As soon as he gets sworn in, in, in his first week, he halted construction of the border wall. He reinstituted the failed policy of catch and release. So now when we catch an illegal immigrant, we let them go. We give them a court date sometime in the future. And we know a whole lot of them are never coming back back to be seen again. And, and most in, indefensibly, he ended the Remain in Mexico policy. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the Remain in Mexico policy? It was a big foreign policy victory of the Trump administration where President Trump negotiated with Mexico and Mexico agreed that illegal immigrants from Central America who had applied for asylum in the United States would remain in Mexico while the cases proceeded. And it was working, and it was lowering the numbers dramatically. Yep. And the Biden administration is so ideological, they didn't care. And, and they've produced, we are already seeing right now, the highest number of illegal immigrants in 20 years on the southern border. Uh, and HHS has in their custody 11,551 children. Uh, and that's just HHS. Uh, they said, you know, Ted, you and I were down at the border years yep. ago under Obama, and you and I both know, and I, I called Chuck Todd myself and said, hey, you've got to look into this. They were not interested in the, quote, cages uh, that were holding children. Now they're not interested again. In fact, they're they're making uh, the, uh, the uh, argument that this is humanitarian. This is the right thing to do to keep them in cages. That is exactly right. For four years of the Trump presidency, Democrats and the media talked every day about kids in cages. Mm-hmm. What they ignored is that Barack Obama built the cages. You and I both went to those cages yep. during the Obama administration. They utterly ignored that. Uh, but And now Joe Biden is making the cages bigger, and they're more full. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, it is truly a, a a catastrophe. You take a facility like the Donna facility in South Texas. The Donna facility has a capacity of 250 people. It was built to house 250 detainees. It currently has nearly 4,000. Oh my gosh. That is over 1,500% in excess of its capacity. And so there's a reason why the Biden administration is trying to hide it. You know, I'm, I'm flying down to the border tonight, and I'm bringing 18 senators down to the border to see firsthand what's happening. The Biden administration is refusing to allow press to join us. Fox News wanted to embed with us. ABC News wanted to embed with us. And the Biden administration has a total pr- press blackout. They won't allow reporters in. And, and Glenn, their justification is laughable on its face. They say the reason they won't allow reporters in is because reporters might have COVID. And and, and so one cameraman, a pool cameraman, they say, nope, too big a COVID risk. We can't let the guy with the camera in. Uh, And it's because they want to hide the absolute disaster they've created. Ted, bring your phone. Can you bring your phone in there? I'm going to bring my phone and we'll see what they do. I, I, I expect some fireworks because the Biden administration is desperately trying to cover this up. By the way, we went and looked. So I've been down to the border in the Trump administration. They allowed media in and cameras in. I've been down to the border in the Obama administration. They allowed media in and cameras in. 
By, by the way, George W. Bush, they allowed media and cameras in to the facilities then. Bill Clinton, they allowed media in. It is only Joe Biden that engages in this cover-up. And, and right now, I, I think too many of the press are still being docile and defenders of him uh, while, while they're – and they're making arguments that are facially absurd. You want to talk about COVID-19? Glenn, I'm going to give you a, a, a stunning statistic. Of the illegal immigrants that are being released in Harlingen, Texas, they are testing positive for COVID-19 at a rate seven times higher than the U.S. population. And they're just releasing these people. They're, they're letting them go. Many of them, they're not even testing. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, it is the reports, and I'm, I'm going to go see it tonight and tomorrow, but the reports are that the kids are packed in so tight that they're sleeping on their sides because they can't even lay down uh, lay, lay down flat. And, and, and that, in the midst of a pandemic, that is the direct result of the decisions Joe Biden has made. And these kids, little boys, little girls who are being handed over to human traffickers, these guys are violent criminals. They're physically assaulting these children. They're sexually assaulting these children. And it is not humane. It is not compassionate to adopt policies that result in Tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of little boys and little girls being abused by human traffickers. Uh, Ted, I'd love to have you on tomorrow. I don't know what your plan is, but after you see the camp, we'd love to have you back on. Um, we'll definitely do it. Okay. Um, real quick, I have to ask you two more questions. First of all, yep. you said HR1, this is a quote, the most dangerous bill this committee has ever considered. Yes. So this bill... Uh, which, which many of us are calling the Corrupt Politicians Act, is designed to entrench and keep corrupt politicians in office forever. It's designed to keep democratic co control of the federal government for the next hundred years. How do they do that? It's a total federal takeover of all of our elections. Absolutely unconstitutional. It's completely unconstitutional, but, but it's also deliberately dangerous. It, in, it invites and creates massive voter fraud. How does it do it? it? It repeals virtually every state voter integrity law. So, for example, 29 states require voter ID. The Corrupt Politicians Act repeals all of those laws, says it's illegal to require ID to vote. That's, that's an invitation to fraud, and it's, mm -hmm. it's intended to be that. It requires universal mail-in voting, which is another wide opportunity for fraud, and it requires ballot harvesting. 31 states prohibit ballot harvesting, which is where you have paid political operatives going, say, to a nursing home and collecting hundreds of ballots, many from people who may no longer be competent to make those decisions. And it invites fraud. If you have someone from the DNC and, gosh, you know, grandpa votes the wrong way and votes Republican, they can just throw that ballot in the trash and only mail in the, the Democratic ones. Not only that, it mandates immediate registration of essentially everyone, anyone who interacts with, with the government. So if you get a welfare check, if you get an unemployment check, if you get a driver's license, if you attend a public college or university, you're automatically registered to vote. They know that will result in registering yeah. millions of illegal aliens, not just a couple, but millions. And, and that is because the Democrats want millions of illegal aliens to vote. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it mandates it strikes down all the state laws restricting uh, criminals from voting, restricting fel felons from voting. It says the instant anyone gets out of prison, 
they're entitled yeah. to vote no matter what the state law is. And, and I guess the Democrats have made the decision that if millions of illegal immigrants and millions of criminals are able to vote, they're going to vote for Democrats, and that's going to keep them in power. So this they, is a dangerous bill. They've already said that they're, they're spinning it as the Republicans are just trying to take away your right to vote. That's how they're spinning it. Um, and they're starting to talk about the filibuster. Now we have, a, a, I view it as a threat from the president uh, uh, to the Senate to pass these, uh, these common sense gun reforms. Are they, I, I mean... Is there is it unreasonable to think that they'll take away the filibuster and that they are coming for all of the guns? I think there is a very serious risk on both of those. Uh, The filibuster right now, as you know, we have a 50 50 Senate. If all of the Democrats stand together, they can end the filibuster. Right now, it takes 60 votes to pass legislation. But if all the Democrats stand together, they can do it. Forty eight of them have already said they will. There are only two Democrats who even claim they will oppose it. It is Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema from Arizona. I'll tell you, Chuck Schumer and the Democrats are raining down a world of hurt. I can tell you, I've served in the Senate nine years with Joe Manchin. He's a very nice man. He's very affable and likable. In nine years, he has never once stood up to Chuck Schumer on any issue that mattered when he was the deciding vote. And, and so the pattern we've seen from him is he finds some cute way to say he didn't give in, but let Schumer do exactly what he wow. wants. And I think there's a real risk of that on the filibuster. And if they do that, their number one priority is the Corrupt Politicians Act, because that keeps them in power forever. Yeah. But, but you better believe packing the U.S. Supreme Court is right behind that, making D.C. a state is right behind that and coming after our guns. As you know, Glenn, uh, when Joe Biden was asked, if you win, does that mean you're coming after the guns? And his answer was bingo. That's what they intend to do. Uh, Thank you, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz for the great state of Texas. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow after you've visited uh, the cages and can tell us really what's going on uh, down at the border. Thank you so much, Ted. Thank you. God bless. You bet. Senator Ted Cruz. The best of the Glenn Beck program. I've been telling you about Rectech now for, gosh, it's been a year. And I have to tell you, I am as happy with my Rectech as I was the day it arrived. I still, I had somebody come onto my uh, back porch and said, What kind of grill is that? I said, Hey, a grill. That's a Rectech. It is amazing. Now, Dallas, it's warm. If, even if it's a little cold out where you are, you don't have to stand outside to grill. You're going to be mighty uncomfortable in Minnesota, but not with a Rectech. Sleek and sturdy, built from stainless steel, it's got smart grill technology, which means it automatically adjusts to make sure you get the perfect temperature at all times. You can monitor and control it from an app. So you're inside while it's grilling and smoking or even baking outside. Rectech wins the day. Follow Rectech on all social media. Sign up for their newsletter at Rectech with a Q at the end. Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. The accused Boulder supermarket gunman Ahmed Ali. Anyway, Alyssa. What is this? It's Ahmed Al-Alawi 
Alyssa. I love that. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, the press wants you to know he's a loner. He's a lone wolf. He just lived in his family's basement, never had a girlfriend. Uh, Usami uh, Al Musa, Alyssa's brother-in-law, uh, said that the uh, shooter lived in the basement of his family's home there in Colorado, never had a lot of friends. He said, every time I visited with my wife's family, he would always sit away from everyone else, not saying anything to anyone. Uh, it was really strange. He was a loner, just sitting to the side, not with us. He works with his family and his brothers, uh, but there were never any girlfriends and not many friends. Oh, man. Even his mother said this. When he was arrested for the massacre, this is what his mother said. He has a reputation of being stupid, not smart. Can you imagine your mom saying that about you? Yeah, my son. What a <laughs> dummy. Uh, he's not like a proper Muslim. I don't even know what kind of Muslim he was. He didn't go to the mosque I go to. Just odd coming from a mom. Well, That's I your first statement? <laughs> really? Well, I think, though, when your son has murdered 10 people, probably the best thing you can do is make him not responsible for it because he's dumb or he's got an illness or whatever the case may be. I mean, that's your sort of backup reasoning. And certainly you don't want to blame it on your faith. So you're going to say he wasn't don't a good you, Muslim. Is your first thing is, I mean, think about the parents. So they're always like, we didn't see this coming. We have yeah. no idea. Not, yep, he's been known to be a dummy for a long time. <laughs> I mean, people might think, maybe the parenting was an issue yeah, here in be. this particular hey, situation. Hey, dummy, get back into the basement. <laughs> uh, now, uh, uh, we know that so he is a Muslim. However, Twitter has said that calling him a white Christian terrorist... Have you read this quote doesn't violate its misinformation policies? <clears throat> Twitter told Newsweek that characterizing accused mass murderer uh, Ahmed Alawi uh, is uh, as a white Christian terrorist does not violate its misinformation policies, even though he is from Syria and has been identified as a Muslim. Uh, prior to the suspect's identity being made public, the magazine said numerous Twitter users assumed the suspect was white and characterized the massacre as another example of racial injustice and white supremacy in the United States. Uh, and lo and behold, that white supremacy narrative blew up in all of the Twitter users' faces. Some users have deleted their tweets, calling him white. Others have defended their claims, saying they were based on his skin color rather than his ethnicity. Uh, Newsweek put the misleading posts to Twitter. Social network has been accused of left wing bias and anti-Christian prejudice. Uh, but uh, they said, no, we're not taking any action on these. Uh, they're not in violation of the Twitter rules. We will not take action on every instance of misinformation. Currently, our misinformation rules cover COVID-19 misinformation, synthetic and manipulated uh, media, and civic integrity. So you call a guy, uh, you know, a white mass murderer, a white Christian, even though he's a Syrian Muslim, 
That's not important. No. That's not important misinformation. So the cops went and they visited his home. He was living in an $800,000 home in the basement. Uh, and uh, we're starting to get a real look at this guy. <clears throat> Clearly, he was mentally ill. Um, he surrendered. You know, when he surrendered, he's like, I surrender, I surrender, and I'm naked. Because he really was in his underpants. The police have no other, no idea why he stripped down. But apparently he just, he was standing there and he started taking off his clothes to his underwear. And uh, then he was like, I'm naked. I surrender. Maybe because he thought that I want them to see that, you know, I'm not carrying a gun carrying a weapon <laughs> which it's odd to i know do i know after a shooting but yeah, yeah he, know. maybe he, he didn't want to necessarily be just shot correct he wanted to be able to correct. surrender for some reason now according to police um Alyssa, when he was 17 blacked out and violently assaulted a classmate who had called him a terrorist the report says Alyssa attacked another student uh who had said uh, he said was bullying him uh, he beat him to and left him with a red and swollen face and his eye partially closed. The report claims that uh, Kim Rose, the other guy, was crying and throwing up when his father arrived and threatened to uh, press charges. Alyssa said he couldn't take being bullied anymore, so he blacked out and rushed him. I blacked out and rushed him. Really? Hmm. He claimed that Kinrose had called him racist name, called him a terrorist, even took a video of him and put it on Snapchat. Uh, he was charged with a misdemeanor um, uh, for the uh, for the attack. Um, apparently, he got bullied a lot in high school. Huh? So, that you know, there you go. There's the white culture for you. Um, <clears throat> one of the uh, he was on a wrestling team. One of the wrestlers said he was violent and scary to be around. He um, uh, apparently in his senior year, they had wrestle offs to see who would make varsity and he lost his match, but he quit the team and yelled out in the wrestling room uh, that he was going to kill everybody and nobody did anything um, about it. You know, I don't know how that happens. How is that? How is that happening? The guy is violent. He threatens his classmates. I'm going to kill everyone. Your kid that eats their peanut butter sandwich into the shape of a gun they go to jail but this guy how is this happening it happened again in that that's the story in florida now he was 17 years old at the time uh he's uh not 17 now uh but uh nothing to see here nothing to see here Lindsey Graham said the majority of the Senate will reject Biden's assault weapons ban, but I'm not sure. Uh, and I don't think that this is the majority of the Senate. will. <clears throat> mm-hmm. hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess what all 50 Republicans and Joe Manchin is a majority. Yeah, maybe. And of course, Joe Manchin, not exactly reliable, as, no. as Ted Cruz just no. pointed out on this program. No. Uh, and and uh, I, I think this is coming out of order, though. Let me tell you the story. That I think, you know, if you don't see this, you are truly blind. And and I, you know, I'm a religious nut job. So what do I know? But I can only describe what is happening in our country and our world as evil. 
there the forces of evil have been unleashed and uh everything is under attack this isn't just about america this is about the western judeo-christian way of life this is about everything on the line that the west has done and it is a really well thought out plan uh, that has been in operation for a very long time and i think that you know it's like look at how fast everything has happened in in the last 67 days Look how fast things have happened. You already are questioning your military now, aren't you? You're questioning your military. Whatever side you're on, you're questioning the brass if you're, uh, if you're a conservative, and you're questioning the average soldier if you're a liberal. The military was the last thing that we had that we counted on, that we believed was not political, and they've politicized it. So much so that in about 10 minutes, you're going to hear from a guy who testified in front of Congress what they are doing in our military. It is terrifying how they are accusing our military of being complete nut jobs. They needed to make sure that the military, they could wash people out of the military that are from red states. This is my theory. I don't have anything to, no evidence of this other than. You know, I just don't believe in this series of coincidence. You know, it's, it's much easier to explain if somebody was sitting back and watching uh, and, uh, and planning all of this. They've done too much too fast for this just to be happenstance. So they come in. We have the January 6th uh, deal. And what do they do? The FBI comes out with a report saying this is the biggest concern we have. Really? Not Antifa, but th- that collection of people, really, the military is now is suspect. Uh, and it's pretty much everyone who voted Republican is an extremist. You're a white supremacist Christian extremist. Well, that's demonizing half the country. What? How? Why would you do that? Well, then you have a shooting. You have a crazy guy who shoots up the salon, and what do they say? It's a right-wing extremist. When he wasn't, A, he was nuts. Second of all, he even said, no, this had to do with, with sex addiction. Okay? But it didn't matter. Why? The narrative that was important to them at this time was that you were convinced and not you, because you're the target, that half the country is convinced that those people who live in the crazy red states are just that. They're racist, and they're crazy, and they're afraid they're going to lose their power, and they are all gun nuts, and they're going to shoot us all up. When this guy comes out, and he's Syrian and a Muslim, what do they do? They immediately pivot to don't pay attention to the guy, pay attention to the gun, which they didn't do last week because they haven't cemented in the left's mind entirely that everybody who votes differently is a terrorist. So they have to paint everyone who is against H.R. 1, against open borders. They have to paint these people 
as crazy and dangerous. That was going to take some time. They've been thrown off their game. I don't think they were planning on hitting guns this soon. First year, absolutely. When the time came, you bet. But I don't think they were done uh, focusing America on how bad things are, these right-wing extremists. That's how they needed to paint us to silence us and also paint us to get us to give up guns or go to war or be rounded up by, you know, uh, sheriffs all around, those people who won't give up guns. They need us to respond in, in violent ways. And when we don't, they just make it up anyway. So you mentioned something, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that this wasn't necessarily the event that puts this over the line. They still need a crystal no. clear cut like event. Correct. Can you they explain need that? A, yeah, they need a uh, Las Vegas. But they where, need where a Las Vegas where the motive is clear. And it's, it's you know, they, some... they need a January 6th. And, and, and everything they do fosters that kind of feeling in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They are taking away. They're operating as if they have a mandate when they don't have a mandate. This is a clear election where you like moderate. You know what I mean? You Usually, come together, yeah, you work yep. together. That's the way it would be. They're operating as if this is a mandate. And then they're calling everyone who disagrees with them racist, but they've gone an extra step, a dangerous extremist. Mm. That's Patriot uh, Act talk. Because I was reminded today that after Sandy Hook, you remember the push for gun control yes. after Sandy Hook, the Democrats had 58 senators. When they tried that and couldn't yes. get it through. Yes. 58. But it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's thrown them off the game, but it doesn't matter. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Rebelnews.com. Very controversial up in Canada because Canada is a socialist country and they don't really have they don't have the rights that we have here. Uh, and, uh, and rebel news is kind of like the blaze, uh, the Canadian version of the blaze. I, I consider us sister organizations. Um, and, uh, it's run by Ezra Levant and he is a brilliant Ezra. You were a lawyer, right? By trade. Yeah, I was, but, uh, I, I did a dabble in politics, but I think journalism, as they say, is upstream from politics. Culture is upstream yes. from politics. Yes. And politicians can only do what they can do in the environment. And, it, you know, we have to help shape that environment, help people think things through. I don't think we're that radical. I mean, in the United States, no, you're not called moderate conservative. Correct. I mean, we're, we're sympathetic to Trump. We're skeptical of the Democrats, but look, we're Canadian. We've got that sensibility. Right. I was shocked, Glenn, when out of the blue, I, I get this tip from Arkansas, that's pretty far away from Canada. <laughs> and, and it was the strangest thing. I almost didn't believe it. Uh, we, we followed the tip and we discovered through Freedom of Information documents, the, the U.S. Navy, the United States Navy, had hired a defense contractor in Little Rock, Arkansas, 
to work up what they call the cyber forensic analysis of my little news company. Now, I happen to love the U.S. Navy. I think it's a great force for freedom. And I mean, I'm no expert, but I think it's the big threat is the Chinese TLA <laughs> Navy, People's Liberation. They got well, their fourth aircraft carrier now. That, yeah, that I mean, me. sure, the, the U.S. Navy, you know, might have some problems with China, but we're talking rebelnews.com. <laughs> I don't even have a canoe, my friend. Like, I am the least, I'm the least nautical person. I'm so, from a landlocked place called Alberta. It's uh, like I'm from Nebraska. There's no boats where I'm from. Right. <laughs> I, saw, uh, I saw the evidence. I saw the report for the U.S. Navy on you. And the paperwork is astonishing because they don't have anything right. And they, yeah. they, they are truly painting you as a danger. Yeah, and I didn't understand. Like, I've had no interactions in my life with the U.S. Navy. I've, had, I've never been to Arkansas, although I'd like to. It looks very pretty. So what are they doing going after me? And it made me think, well, remember how the British intelligence sort of did some of the heavy, heavy lifting against the Trump campaign, they they did some spying in those mm-hmm. early days. Yes. And I thought, so I thought, well, maybe there's a Canadian angle. And sure enough, this same defense contractor at the University of Arkansas in Little Rock sold the same dossier, if I could use that word, to the Canadian Armed Forces Special Operations Command. So again, Canada has some challenges. I don't think we're a military challenge. I'm a Canadian <laughs> citizen. We follow the law. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're conservative, but I think you're right. We are sort of in the same part of the spectrum as the blaze. I don't even know if this is legal. It's probably legal for the U.S. Navy to spy on me because I'm not an American. Yeah. Although it seems weird to me that I'm their big enemy. I don't know if it's legal for Justin Trudeau to have his army spy on me. That probably isn't right but it makes me think okay i discovered this almost by accident i did some access to information requests some freedom of information requests i got some more the university of arkansas's defense contractor they're stonewalling they don't want to they don't want to show us how this whole thing started they gave us a few scraps but i want to know who ordered this what was their mission or their mandate what was the back of like how did this even happen that a Canadian news site became a target of the U.S. Navy. I like. I'm really, really curious it, it, how it, that was set in motion. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, the two things I could uh, I could think of is 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 the Canadian uh, somebody in the Canadian military or Justin Trudeau's office or whatever are they getting favors done uh, for them by our military? And in exchange, are they investigating people like us in Canada yeah. and and can share the information here in the United States? But it's not it's disturbing because it is not even accurate information. Yeah. They, they, well, explain the some of the inaccuracies here, because it's pretty significant. Sure. And uh, I mean, we all have heard the joke that, 
you know, what's an oxymoron? Jumbo shrimp, or right, right, right. military intelligence. I never liked that joke about military intelligence because I thought, no, military intelligence, those are the those are the smart guys who, you know, crack the codes and, and counter terrorism. If this is the state of U.S. military intelligence, you we're guys screwed. are in trouble because, I mean, yeah. first of all, they say we're a U.S. operation. No, we're not. We love America. We talk about America, but we're based up here in Canada. They say that, you know, sometimes we have uh, what, what are called uh, micro sites or vanity sites. So, for example, we have a civil liberties campaign. We talked about this the other day called fightthefines.com. Mm-hmm. So if anyone gets a lockdown ticket, we crowdfund a civil liberties lawyer. So we just, instead of me saying, hey, go to rebelnews.com slash fight underscore the like instead of remembering yes. i just remember fight the so we have a bunch of these i call them vanity sites but they they're just forwarding to different pages on our website so i don't have to remember a hundred different urls that's all they are and it's our name it, is and, on everyone and you do it's like when you come out with a news story uh and like this it's you know canadian uh, um uh, u.s navy spies or whatever it would yeah. be. Yeah. So it's easy for people to find it. And it is it would all be directing back to rebel rebelnews.com. It would yeah. be part of that. Yeah, it's totally normal. Governments do it, too, by the way. Yeah. So, for example, in the story we're talking about, I took all the spy uh, stuff we got and I put it on a page and I gave it a, a nickname, really. Stop spying on us.com just so I can remember it for radio interviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if, if you were to go to StopSpyingOnUs.com, it'll actually forward you to a Rebel News story about this case, and you can see all these documents for yourself, and you can make your own judgments. So what, and, and the reason I'm, I tell you that is because <laughs> this defense contractor said, no, 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 by using uh, vanity URLs, uh, these are deep fakes designed to deceive people. And, and the craziest thing is they said one of our goals is to get people to vote for Canada's Socialist Party. Uh, there's a guy named Jagmeet Singh who, who runs our Socialist Party up here. We, we disagree with him strenuously. I, I mean, he's a nice guy personally, but he's like, right. he is far left. He's like um, Bernie Sanders. You know, he, he, yeah, exactly. He's like the Bernie Sanders of Canada. The theory that the U.S. Navy's defense contractor cooked up was at Rebel News, and I've been conservative my whole life since I was a boy, I mean, right wing, that my secret mission is to meddle in the Canadian election to get people to vote socialist. And I'm just thinking, do have they ever watched a single one of my, that would be like saying Glenn Beck's secret agenda is to get Bernie Sanders into the White House. They just, have you ever turned on the show? But right. I was thinking, why would they write such kooky stuff? Why would they say we're American, not Canadian? Why would they say that our vanity URLs, which is really a big nothing, are a deep fake? They use that word, deep fake. We know what deep fakes are. Those are yeah. those forgery videos that right. look like Tom Cruise. Right. I mean, they're spooky. We don't do that. I don't know how to do that. We, that's not what we do. And why would they say we're trying to meddle in, in the election to get the socialists elected? And I, I have a theory that they're trying to say Rebel News is like one of those Russian troll farms or something, so they can use some national security rationale to sweep us off the Internet, or even just to go to YouTube, Google, Facebook, Twitter, and say, guys, 
You've Throttle. got a Russian troll farm. They're meddling in the election. They're yep. deep fakes, American-based. They're trying yep. to you know, interfere. You've got to shut them down. So I think it wasn't actually real spying because it takes five minutes to know we're in Canada. It takes five minutes to know we don't like the socialist candidate. I think they were trying to cook up some dossier that they could use to get us knocked off the Internet. I don't uh, find that uh, a stretch of imagination. I don't know why this has happened, um, but I think it's interesting that it happened in the United States and apparently commissioned by the U.S. Navy. That doesn't make any sense at all. You know, one of the things that one of our presidents uh, that I know you know, um, uh, Eisenhower, spoke about in his farewell address was everybody everybody remembers in America that uh, he was warning about the vast uh, uh, military industrial complex. But what the warning was, it was not just about how these people are going to be now in bed with government and huge dollars are going to be there. He also talked about research and science and educational uh, units, you know, our colleges. And he warned that when you have this kind of money at stake, that people will come up with things, not because they're curious, but because the government wants it. And I'm wondering if this isn't uh, a clear right way or i mean uh uh military industrial complex kind of uh action coming true is somebody wanting this information in canada uh and they're doing favors and we're doing favors and they they've hired uh, a company that they know will give them the answer that they're looking for yeah and you make a good point that You know, I found it odd that the University of Arkansas in Little Rock was involved. I mean, aren't you supposed to be teaching kids? You know, what are you doing? But this is is Uh, exactly what Eisenhower warned of. Yeah. And part of me thought, like I mentioned before, how they got so many facts so wrong. And they were so crazy in their language. These are deep fakes. And I thought to myself, maybe... They're just trying to create a demand for more studies that they get paid for. I have no idea how much they were paid, if it was 10 grand or 100 grand or who knows. I don't our, know. They, our tax dollars went to pay for it. Yeah. Well, the U.S. Navy is a huge budget. I think it's $161 billion. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of money to be had. Building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this little defense contractor in, in Little Rock, and I've left them a message, by the way, I've asked them some questions. I called up the spy master of the U.S. Navy because her phone number is on one of these documents. I just left her a message and I sent her an email. And I mean, listen, I just want to talk. And frankly, they can ask me questions. They can ask me if I'm a Canadian. They can ask me if I'm trying to create a revolution or something. I Like you would think, Talk if you're spying on a guy and he wants to talk to you, talk to him. No, they, they're hiding from me. I think that there's a chance that this is just a, a money-making uh, mm-hmm. self-perpetuating, you know, empire-building thing. And and maybe the admirals don't quite know what deep fakes are and what vanity URLs are. And so if you use lots of scary words, admirals who maybe, you know, the most they do on the Internet is look at photos of their grandkids on Facebook, maybe they're bamboozling admirals. I'm just guessing here. 
and and scaring them so that the money keeps flowing. It's just a theory because, I mean, I see three theories. One is we're conservative, so smash us. That's a theory. One is it's a favor for the Canadian government because maybe if the U.S. government spies on us, it's not illegal, whereas if the Canadian government spied on their own citizens, it is. But there's also that military-industrial complex just self-perpetuating, you know, busy work, um, build up a budget. None. If I was the Chinese Navy, I would be laughing so hard at this. They're building their fourth <clears throat> aircraft carrier. Yeah. They're going deeper and deeper into the Blue Sea. I am scared of the Chinese Navy. That's not me being dramatic. That is the rising military power. And I would just wish the U.S. Navy, which I admire, would stop focusing on well, my little website. I and would focus on the bad guy. I will. Um, I'll. I'll have our producers look into this as well. Have you called the University of Arkansas Little Rock? Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I actually hired a lawyer because you need some standing in Arkansas to do a freedom of information request. And I'm not an. Ar- I'm not from Arkansas, so we we hired a local law firm, and they've gone back and forth about ten times. And the University of Arkansas is stonewalling, and I think they don't want to hand over the, the defense contract. They don't want to show well, we, we, who commissioned this. We have some of the the uh, emails back and forth from uh, the University of uh, Arkansas, Little Rock. Uh, somebody, neat, is it Nitten? Nitten, yeah, Nitten yeah. Agrawal. He's, he's the boss of this little defense contractor, they're, they're staff at the university, and they take defense contracts, which mm. is exactly what Eisenhower talked about. Yeah, it is. And, and basically, he took a contract from the U.S. Navy on us, and then he seems to have sold the same work a second time yeah. to the Canadian government. I've put in access to information requests in about six different places. I think we're going to have to go to court in Arkansas because they don't want to give it up. Well, I, they, I wonder if we, can, if we can help you because this involves oh, our tax dollars and uh, we should be able to get a Freedom of Information Act uh, because we're American citizens on this one. Um, we're going to look into this one, uh, Ezra, and anything further that you have on it, let us know because if they're doing it to you, who's doing it to us? 